Welcome back into this week's edition of the Wildcats Press Pass. Cameron Beal, Bracket Lions, making his triumphant return to the feed. We know some people at home are happy to hear that. And, of course, we have Josh Shaw alongside. Josh? Of course. Of course. Of course. course. (laughs) The whole world knew. (laughs) Per usual. Um, Also the host of Inside the Wit with Andrew Gardner. Plug. Record those every Monday. Um, It's Wednesday right now. It's the day of the America East semifinals for the men's soccer team. But we're going to start with the women's team, Josh. They, you know, the Cinderella story, as you put it, they make their way through the first two rounds of the America East tournament uh, by way of shootouts and back-to-back games. They look like they're headed to overtime in the championship game against Vermont. They fall just short. Yeah. Yeah, no, you, you summed it up pretty well. There was a Vermont commentator. I don't know if you guys watched the full game um, Sunday. But he came up with cardiac cats. I was like, ah, why didn't I come up with that? (laughs) That's so good because it describes their journey there so perfectly. I mean, to go to to shootouts twice and to win them both, and they could have lost them both like several times, um, especially against the the Wolt um, game. Iona Papathodoro, I think I pronounced that right. uh, Hold on. I called the game against her. Okay. Iowana, I think. Papa Theodoro nailed it. Okay. Yeah, I Anyways, believe, I think I'm, I know I got the last name right. She had like two shots on net towards the end of regulation, and then she had a chance in extras, I believe, to put it away. She missed them both. Then in the penalty, she comes up with the she. If she scores, it's over. She completely misses, and it's like, <laughs> how is this team still in this? Um, and then Olivia Kelly comes up, puts it in the back of the net, and extras carry on until Cat Shepard makes um, the save to win the game. And it was a crazy ride to get here. Like, you guys watched a little bit of those games, but, like, they were nuts to cover and just watch. The team wasn't very good in the middle of the season. Okay, so we're going to be blunt, yes. They were downright <laughs> bad in the middle. They had the opening night win, was it 3 nothing over Merrimack yep. opening night? And then after that, I was like, all right, so we're getting the same team we had in the spring. The You know, the freshman class develops a little bit. They're all sophomores now. You got 10, 11, 12 of them on the roster. Like, all right, we're getting more of that. And then the middle of the season, they were downright not a good soccer team. <laughs> yeah, they, they couldn't really score. We talked about it earlier this year. They Their defense was great all season, as was Cat Shepard, but the offense just really couldn't piece it together until the very back end of the season when they kind of gelled. Um, you know, I made that uh, A Tale of Two Cities reference the last time I believe I was on the show. And um, they kind of kept up with that theme until the Vermont game, the final game of the season. That was a massacre uh, on every way, shape, or form. They allowed two goals in the first 11 minutes, and it really should have been more. Uh, Vermont missed a penalty kick. They had one shot hit. Um, I believe it was one of the posts. So it, it could have been a 4 or 5 nothing game really pretty quickly. Um, and, and what do you think the difference was between that regular season finale against Vermont versus the championship game? Well, one of the things that um, I had noticed and me and Coach Wallman had talked about was they changed their formation from a 4-4-2 diamond to a 3-4-3, I believe. Um, and that really seemed to pay dividends. Uh, Vermont really couldn't get into the you know attacking zone as easily, and they really had to work from the back up instead of like just <laughs> just getting into the middle of the field and just rolling right to the net pretty much with ease. Um, one of the other things they changed was uh, Molly McHugh. Uh, I don't want to be mean, but she was put in a blender twice in the <laughs> season regular season finale <laughs> against Vermont, and she was replaced by Jamie Irwin, who was really, really strong in that game. Uh, we'll get to the one moment she wasn't, which was costly, but um, costly is an understatement. Fatal, you could say, yes. Um, but I feel like they those two things really played hand in hand to really give them, you know, some experience. Both things what Vermont did, and also you know show some changeups here that. You know, Vermont hadn't seen. So um, 
I guess we'll get into the finale here. It was a great game for 80 minutes. I tuned into the last 15, 20 minutes or so. Yeah. That's about all I needed to see, I think. <laughs> Bracket, did you watch the whole thing? No. Okay. <laughs> Bracket was on his deathbed last week. Yeah. <laughs> he had a rough week. There wasn't a lot of watching going on. <laughs> just a lot of laying in bed looking at the ceiling? or I mean, just a lot of sleeping. Oh, okay. All right. Nice flex. Um, <laughs> sorry. That was awesome. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Great game for 80 minutes. Neither team could really get an inch uh, on one another. And it was just so close and so tight. And you literally felt like if someone scores in regulation, it's pretty much over because no one else is getting a lot of good chances. I would say Vermont had the edge just in terms of, you know, quality chances overall. UNH really couldn't formulate a consistent threat. It would kind of come and go in waves, but ultimately it wasn't really there. Um, and so let's get to the to the lone goal here. Jamie Irwin uh, takes a pass from Cat Shepard. He's cutting up the field. She loses the ball, trying to bring it forward. And uh, it spirals from there. Bailey Ayer runs into the zone, passes it over to Cricket Bossa, whose name reminded me of Bracket, because um, it's just so you know unusual. But um, anyways, <laughs> Bracket Bossa, Cricket Lions, <laughs> one of the same. Pretty much the same person. Um, Cricket Bossa hits a one-timer right towards the low post, and it just sneaks by Cat Shepherd, and that was all she wrote. And I, like I said, I didn't watch the entire game. You said Irwin had a really good game up until that point, but that that last turnover at the end, man, was that was that a bad like? It's a doozy, real bad, real bad touch on that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know what else like to my, say there. Like when I'm watching something by myself, it's rare that my 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 jaw drops or I audibly gasp or I make any sort of emotion. I'm generally pretty stoic, just like watching things by myself as I'm sure a lot of people are, but my jaw hit the floor when just like yeah. it, it escaped like 15 yards away from her. I was watching it, and I was like, ah, it's probably nothing. And It'll then probably I, be fine. And then I looked over, and I was like, oh, no, that's a, uh-oh. Oh, I got to get a tweet out now. But then even after that, the Wildcats had what? One, two, two three chances two at the chances, other end? Yeah. yeah, their best one was... um. What was it? A, it was off of a free or corner kick, I want to say, but don't don't quote me on that. Um, <laughs> they get it in. It, like, falls right in front of the net. It is pretty much rolling to the back of the net. It's going to be a goal, but Vermont senior goalie, Lydia Kessel, spins around on her knees and then dives on top of it like it's a grenade and just smothers it. And Julie Kane was there for UNH to try and maybe poke it in, but it just... It was an incredible save that really just ended the game. And then there was a free kick that um, I want to say who had the header. Uh, I'm blanking on who had the header. I believe it was. Was it Garante? I think it was Dudley if I had to. Dudley or Kelly? Oh, yeah, I, I think it was say. Dudley, actually. Yeah. And it just went a little left. And um, that was, I mean, unfortunately, it was just, it was a great game. But that, that one goal was a death nail, and there wasn't really much they could do outside of that. Yeah, obviously not to not to trash all over Jamie Irwin. Josh Josh says she had a great game up until she did, that point. She, did. And the she made a lot of strong plays. And the Wildcats did have a lot of other chances to tie this one up or potentially take the lead earlier on in the game. Um, and Josh, I, this is something I meant to ask you. I don't know if you have the answer to this. Do you know, I know in your senior day article you included a lot about Cash Shepard. Do you know if she's going to be back? Does she have the eligibility to come back? I think she does, but because she participated in senior day of festivities, I would assume she's leaving, but I am not sure. Okay. It might still be up in the air because I know in the spring they had senior – when they had senior day, Peterson and Pachichi were also a part okay. of that. So okay. it could be up in the air still. Maybe so, she just doesn't know yet. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> her participation made me think in the mm-hmm. article that it was probably it, but yeah. that is something I could ask uh, Coach Well when I talked to him for the season preview for next season article we will be writing shortly. Um, but my assumption would be is that she's graduating, but who knows? All right. Any lasting thoughts before you bid farewell to the women's soccer team? Uh, it was a heck of a ride. It was a ride where I was like, you know what? This is going to be cool. And then uh, <laughs> it got kind of dull. And then it got awesome. And then I was like, uh-uh, they're not going to do this. <laughs> and then they didn't do it. <laughs> but, but well, it that's was... your women's soccer season <laughs> recap right there. <laughs> awesome. Uh-oh. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was it. Just, um, just clip that in case you forget how the season went. <laughs> <laughs> just play that on loop. Um, it was a trip, man, because I don't follow soccer at all. I'm not a soccer whiz, as someone is here. So I was uh, I was going in blind. But, uh, you know, it was a great season. I mean, I, I think you couldn't be proud of what they accomplished for a sixth seed and, you know, to overcome their struggles the way they had to make it all the way there. Yeah, and I think one final thought. This obviously has to be promising going into next season because, like I've said, this team in the spring was good, um, led by a lot of freshmen and then a couple upperclassmen at the top of the roster. Um and just to show that they were able to turn it around towards the end, have a little bit of momentum. Well, what's crazy is I was looking at the roster today to be like, okay, so who could the senior captains next year be? There's only like three options. <laughs> yeah, because the entire most of the roster is sophomores at yes. this point. Yeah, yeah. They have 11 or 12 of them. Yeah, I, I know Whitney Wiley should be back from her ACL mm-hmm. um, next year, so that'll be a big factor. She'll be a senior, so maybe she will be one of the captains. Yeah, That's uh, Wiley, Shayna Salas, I think. Yeah, and um, I believe... Rachel Hollywood, maybe. I think that's right. I hope so. Yeah. All right. But, yeah, great season. And uh, Vermont's maybe one of the best women's soccer teams of the country right now because they've won, I believe, eight to nine straight games. So to play that tight with the team so good, you, you cannot feel bad one iota about how it happened. And the Catamounts will, I believe they drew Princeton in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I think I saw that. That sounds right. Uh, um, give it a look-see. Yeah. All right, so I think that'll – put a wrap on the women's soccer season like i said we're recording this wednesday afternoon and tonight the men's team is set to host the umbc retrievers at wildcat stadium in the america east semifinals bracket how'd we get here well we got here by you know going undefeated uh unh men's soccer does that for the second time quote Uh, quote unquote undefeated yeah i mean you drew twice but you didn't lose Arsenal are the Invincibles. They didn't win every game, but they never lost. So, you know, UNH Invincibles, some people are calling them that. Um, It's just me. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, so they get UMBC. They had the first round by UMBC, you know, was in a battle with uh, Stony Brook, you know, took it to penalties. Um, It was 1-1 in regular time, and they advance on penalties. And I think the biggest thing about the Retrievers is, you know, they know how to win a close game. Um, they often keep it close. I don't think they've lost by more than two this season. Um, but UNH also wins close games. You know, they have plenty of one nothing, uh, a few two one wins. So they can win a close one. They can win in overtime. Um, they are, you know, on paper the better team. UNBC is, you know, right about five hundred. I think they're eight seven and three overall. So UNH will be the favorites. Um, they're up to six in the rankings. So I think. You know, UNH will be expected to win, but it's the playoffs. Anything can happen, and the Retrievers might be able to keep this one close and then look for a knockout blow late to try and upset the Cats. And you said this whenever the last time we spoke. Even if even if New Hampshire does this, lose tonight, 
and they get knocked out of the tournament before the championship, they should still expect to get an at-large bid into the national tournament, correct? I would expect them to get one. If they're they're number six in the country right now, it would certainly be a shocker. They would certainly fall in the rankings, but this team, I think, likely is going to the national tournament either way. But you definitely want to go there having won your conference tournament, especially when you're you know, pretty much far and away the best team. You know, a lot of people are thinking a rematch with Vermont will be the championship. Bad blood between those teams. Uh, there was a red card in their last meeting. Lots of, you know, little, f- not fights, but scrums. Lots of words exchanged. So, um, you know, I've spoken to several members of the team, and they all want to play Vermont. Um, hopefully they don't look past the Retrievers. I don't think they will. I think they're too good to do that. But um, I think this team is tournament-bound either way, but you want to win this one. And they've had, what, <clears throat> over over a week off at this point getting the first round by? Yeah, it's been over a week, I think about 10 days. Yes. Uh, was there anybody on the team, I'm trying to think back, I can't particularly remember. Do you remember anybody that was injured or maybe banged up that maybe this time could help them get right? I know Pinkham was a, a little worn down in the middle of the season, yeah, maybe. Yeah, Pinkham had some fitness issues, but I really I can't think of anyone who stood out as you know really injured. There was never anyone missing from the starting lineup. This team has been you know, blessed with good health this season. You haven't seen starters go down. Um, There's been a few absences for other reasons, but, you know, injuries have not been the issue so far. So I think what you're looking at is a team that, you know, has played a lot of minutes. And, you know, Hubbard, he rotates his guys, but it's the same guys coming in and out. So I think, you know, there is that core group of about 15 players who will have needed this rest, and it will be good to get this rest to really just come out reinvigorated. Um, they didn't limp to the finish. They beat Stony Brook 5 nothing, and then escaped the regular season finale against UMass Lowell with a one nothing win. So it wasn't a limp, but it was you know certainly good to get some, some rest on those legs. And in the conference accolades came out over the last week. I think you and what they have six first team all conference members. I think yeah, it was an impressive showing, and on and, you know not surprising a team this good would get those nods. Um, you know, you look at guys like uh, Jocelyn Cole a lot had a great year in net. Um, let's see who I think O'Driscoll was first team. Yeah. You know, I think Shawn me, of course, first team top scorer in the conference. What a season for him! I think it was two forwards, two mids, and two backs. So yeah, so you know, top yeah. to bottom, yeah, it's a, it's a good look for the team. Um, and they were just you know so strong this year. It would have been an upset to not see those names listed off. Um, I think Shawn me was one that you know is impressive to show how this program can recruit and bring someone in. Um, this is his first you know real season at UNH, and he is just stuck out as a striker striker he puts the ball in the net and they're going to need him to do that throughout a postseason run if i remember correctly i think it was show on me paul Mayer, the forwards yannick bright and um rory were the mids and then seville and bridger hansen i believe yeah, were the backs the, the backs are just you know they don't let goals in yeah. it's very rare and then show on me was striker of the year in the conference Yannick Bright was mid of midfielder of the year, and then Seville won the defender of the year. I think Kalealot was second team, so obviously a lot of accolades for this team heading into their semifinal match against UNBC tonight. And then the coaching staff won their third straight uh, coaching staff of the year in the no conference. No surprise there, yeah. I yeah. Mean, if you're able to take your team undefeated, it shouldn't really be a contest at that point. So like I said, Wildcats, 
Uh, we'll see if I get this out in time before kickoff, but they're kicking off Wednesday night, 6 p.m. inside Wildcat Stadium against the Retrievers, and the championship will be either Saturday or Sunday, I believe. Do you know who's on the other side of the bracket? Uh, I know it's Vermont, and I want to say I can look it up. They knocked a UMBC beat. Was it Lowell or Stony Brook last? I think it was Stony Brook. Did they beat? Some? Yeah, UMBC beat Stony Brook. Um, but I don't. Lowell didn't make the tournament. They needed to beat New Hampshire to do that, and they didn't. Um, NJIT, I think, is going to be playing. Yeah, number six NJIT playing number two Vermont. Um, also today at six. So some simultaneous action going on. So if the favorites win, we will get a rematch of that bad blood regular season match between the Wildcats and the Catamounts, also a rematch of the Springs America East Championship where the Wildcats won, I believe, two to nothing in that one. Yeah, that was two nothing. And if you're a neutral, you want to root for that matchup. And honestly, I think both teams and both fan bases are gonna be rooting for that rematch. These teams don't like each other. There's bad blood and you know, nothing beats that in the playoffs, especially in an America East championship game. All right, so that's going to do it for men's soccer. I'm sure we'll have the update on them next Wednesday when we record. We're if if it goes as expected, they should come away with what their third, fourth straight America East championship. They're going for their fourth straight yep. America East championship. All right, and with that, the season is changing here in Durham. Basketball kicked off action last night. The men were at home in Durham, where they faced St. Joseph's College of Maine of Division Three, A powerhouse. Yep, a uh, noted powerhouse, <laughs> the St. Joe Monks. Um, and then the women went on the road to number nine, Iowa. Um, the men, they won by a final. Uh, I forget the final. They won by 45 points. Uh, Jaden Martinez, as expected, preseason all-conference selection, along with Nick Guadarrama. Martinez had his first double-double on the season, 20 points, 10 rebounds, um, I talked to coach after the game, and he said they were expecting to start Taylor Matos in the starting lineup. The only, you know, which I thought seemed a little cruel to to St. Joseph's, whose tallest player was six foot five. They were going to put Taylor Matos standing off six foot eleven in the starting lineup before he uh, strained his groin pregame while trying to dunk in the layup line. Um, so Chris Lester did get the nod at the five, um, but they're still kind. It seems like depth is one of the strengths of this team, so they're still testing out that fifth spot in the lineup along with Guadarrama Martinez, and then, of course, the two members of the all-rookie team last year, Blondo Chiquenu and Nick Johnson. So you've got guys like Quan Murphy, Sloan Seymour, Josh Hopkins, Lester Matos. You've got a lot of guys you can fill into that fifth spot. You can really go um, – it could be a matchup-based sort of thing. So a really deep team, a really versatile team. Sloan Seymour is a guy they got from George Washington, previously of Siena, where he set the – freshman record for three-pointers made with 94 in a season um coach harian's been raving about him all off season i'm um, really excited about him he's six foot nine he's a sharp shooter that adds a lot of versatility to this team um yeah not not a ton to report on last night obviously they played d3 st joseph's after the game guadarama and martinez both told me defense was a big takeaway for them they let too many drives open drives to the basket um but one thing that i thought was uh, honestly kind of hilarious that st joseph's only got to the line once last night wow they were two for two on the night and obviously when you're facing you know a, lot, a few handful of guys under six feet tall the center uh, he wasn't even the center their tallest guy was bringing the ball up the floor a lot of the time uh, guarded by jada martinez <laughs> um, so the, yeah the wildcats they played st- played disciplined on defense 
um, which I think is usually a calling card of a Bill Harry and coach team. Um, yeah, not a ton of takeaways last night. Martinez does what he does. The team looked good. They've got a lot of depth. Um, I'm not sure the current status of Taylor Matos off desk coach Friday yeah. after Marquette, but I would guess the last attempted dunk we see in the layup line. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, bracket. Yeah. So <laughs> kind of, kind of an opposite. Other side of the, of the coin for the women. Uh, they go to number nine, Iowa and they lose 93 to 50. Um, that's obviously not how you want to start your season. Um, but you know what? We're taking positives. Um, they scored 50 points. You got to take that. They scored 50, they scored 50 points. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure St. Joseph's did that last, last night. I think they were in the 40s. Um, I think they did get into the 50s. Oh, did me, they? I can double check. Right. Hold on. Actually, yeah, they did. Never yeah, mind. it was 98 to 53. Sure. So, <laughs> you know, a real close one there. Nail biters for both the men and women. Um, you got to take your positives with matchups like this. It's the number nine team in the country. Could go higher. Um, you know, Amanda Torres, she's back at the point guard position. Um, just that veteran presence for this team. She put up 13 points. No surprise there. Um, three for four from the free throw line. Um, might expect her to be perfect, but you know, no one is, but she is one of the best free throw shooters in the country. Um, and then newcomer, Sophia Widmeyer, 13 points as well. She transfers in and, you know, just c- comes alive. She's 4 for 12 from the field, um, but 3 for 4 from behind the arc. So that's something to keep an eye on. You know, three-point shooting can never hurt you if it's good. Um, so I think, you know, Kelsey Hogan should be very pleased with that. Um, but then the points kind of drop off. Ivy Gogolin, 6 points, um, and then we get, you know, 5 from... Brooke Kane, which is okay, but I think we're just, you know, this isn't who this team is going to be playing every game. Um, you got to find the positives when you're playing the number nine team in the country. Um, and Kelsey Hogan is good at finding the positives, so I'm sure, you know, she'll be talking up this game to her team and getting them ready for next week against Dartmouth. Where did, I forget, where did the women finish in the standings last year? Uh, they would have been, I think I want to say second in the America East. Okay. They, or was it second? They were up towards the top. Yeah, top hat. And I think they went on a bit of a run. Um, they kind of, you know, they were just sort of middle of the pack for most of the season. Um, but then teams kept dropping out because of COVID. Um, so that kind of gave them an artificial boost towards the top, um, which obviously they can't control. So, you know, it's not on them. But this team is, it was certainly a rebuilding year last year. And I think, you know, it's safe to say this is maybe just another step in that rebuild it's only kelsey hogan's second year as full-time head coach um so you know look for good performances from this team but you got to understand you know where they currently sit isn't you know the apex of where kelsey hogan wants to take this program she's building something here so i think you know give them time be patient and they will turn out good performances and they will play hard and on the other side for the men they finished third in the america east last year they were 10 and 9 9 and 6 in conference and they placed the same spot in the preseason rankings third. They got one first place vote. I believe they're behind Stony Brook and Vermont are ahead of them. Stony Brook got five first place votes. Vermont got four. And Bracket, call me crazy, but I think this is a team that could they could make it to the tournament. Oh, yeah. This is a dangerous team. They I, have built something here. And uh, when I talked to Harry in last week, I, I even said this. I was like, it feels like you've kind of been building towards this year's team. Like, you've had Guadarrama and Jada Martinez kind of ready and waiting you know Jada Martinez takes a giant lead last year he wasn't 
on an all-conference uh, preseason team. And by the end of the season, he was first-team all-conference. And so you have the two cornerstones there. And now you're finally, you know, you didn't have a lot of three-point shooting around them before Hopkins. Your best three-point shooter only played four games last year after battling injury. You get him back. You add Sloan Seymour. Marco Foster, the backup point guard, averaged 16 points. He transferred uh, last season. He transferred from Oklahoma Christian, who was one of the top D2 schools in the country. Shoots upwards of 40% from three. Um, A freshman who probably won't get a ton of minutes, A.J. Lopez. I believe he shot 45% from downtown at Mount Zion Prep last year. He wasn't suited up last night. But in terms of the size and versatility, now you've added the shooting ability around Guadarrama and Martinez. Martinez, by the way, led the conference in three-point shooting a season ago. So this is a good team. This is a team, you know, they're going to be they're going to be a 64 seed in in the national tournament if they make it there, just like Hartford was a season ago. But this is a team that could make it to March. Yeah, and you know, I think that's got to be their goal. Do you see, you know, any pressure on them? Do they feel like they have something here and they have to capitalize this season? Well, when I asked Kerry, I said what's the biggest, you know, weakness if you want to word it like that of this team and he said it's going to be our inexperienced knowing how to play with a target on our back he's like we as a program haven't had the pressure that we've had this season um you know they're consistently middle of the pack even three years ago they were a five win team then they improved to 15 wins in last year and a shortened season they're up to third place in the conference now they have two all-conference selections so this is a team that's going to learn how to they, they need to learn how to win they need to learn how to play up at the top of the conference and play up to the teams who consistently get that kind of recon- recognition like vermont who wins the conference a lot of the time um stony brook up at the top umass lowell has dropped down i believe they lost their best player and obadiah noel um but yeah this is the, it's going to be a test for them because what i've seen the last few years they you know they have their their bright spots towards the beginning of the season but they generally you know hit a mid-season lull they drop back a little bit this team's going to need to learn how to be in the top one two three spots all season long and i think from what i saw from jada martinez last night granted division three st joseph's college of maine um who went two and four in the spring (laughs) so you're not exactly playing the golden state warriors out there but you know from what i saw from martinez last night you know, did not let his foot off the gas pedal. He came out of halftime in a full court press. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, I mean. <laughs> so it seems like they've got their head in the right place. And I asked Coach after the game, I was like, well, like, were you not happy with something at halftime? Like, seemed like, you know, they came out and played harder in the second half than they did in opening up at the tip-off. And he's like, no, I wasn't wasn't dissatisfied with anything we just need to learn how to play for a full 40 minutes and he's like so i put the starters back out there jada martinez like, i think he had like three steals and slam dunks in a row yeah i can't imagine saint joseph's was <laughs> all that thrilled when they saw that coming out of i was time. on the i was on the radio broadcast last night and i couldn't help but just laugh at it like <laughs> marco foster jada martinez just full court pressing the, the you know 5 10 5 11 these poor little kids <laughs> full court pressed by these guys it was fun to watch, and I think this team has a chance to make it far this season. Absolutely. I think that'll do it for us. Josh, any any final comments back there? Uh, enriching commentary there about basketball and soccer. I, uh, you know, I think LeBron, after he's done with the Lakers, maybe circle back to UNH and try to get that degree. He's eligible. People forget. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Drafted yep. at high school. Don't worry, folks. Four years of eligibility. Uh, we don't have a golf team. That's what J.R. Smith did. Maybe he uh, could. Uh, 
Track we and field. Uh, We're pretty good at track and field. We are. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> swimming and diving. Kyrie, come Dynasty. on over. Yep. I know your schedule's free. <laughs> Imagine LeBron on the track on the track team here, just competing in every event. <laughs> Spencer's interviewing LeBron on the sidelines. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like a colossal, disproportional man. Uh, all right, we'll wrap that up here for Bracket Lions for Josh Shaw and I'm Cameron Beal. This has been this week's edition of the Wildcats Press Pass.